Welcome to The Adapter's Advantage, the podcast that shares insider stories about breakthrough moments that lead to success. Get ready for an inspiring conversation about adapting to change from Alego, the all-in-one sales enablement platform built for success in a hybrid world. Let's dive right in. Hey, I'm Mark Magnaca. Welcome back to the Adapter's Advantage podcast. Today, I'm excited to have Mark McNamara, who is the founder and chief enablement officer for the Enablement Group. Before we jump right in, I want to give you a little background on Mark. He's an expert in workforce enablement strategy and execution. And that's really going to be a big part of the theme, what we're going to be talking about today and how that's changed over the last couple of years. He specializes in helping B2B organizations blend art and science to appropriately design content experiences and processes that improve engagement and increase productivity. And if you think about that, what the big tech companies like Netflix have done is precisely that, create a content experience that engages its users. For more than 30 years, Mark's helped hundreds of organizations reduce their sales knowledge gap with his unique approach and facilitate his, his style of facilitating. Before founding the Enablement Group, Mark was the leader at BrainShark's sales enablement practice, where he oversaw a solutions team serving its customers worldwide. Prior to that, he spent 12 years as a principal and the co-founder of Avatage, where through partnership with the Mass-Based Sales Research Institute, he designed and delivered electronic sales enablement programs to many Fortune 500 companies. He's got a BA from Boston College and an MBA from Whittemore School of Business and Economics. So what that means is that Mark McNamara has been talking about sales enablement a lot longer than many people. And with that, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. And uh, uh, I appreciate that introduction and, uh, and being part of your, uh, your series. Terrific. Mark, let's jump right in. You know, when, when people hear that you are the chief enablement officer, it sounds compelling. They know you're the founder of this company called the Enablement Group. And they say, hey, Mark, what do you do? How do you answer that question? It, that, that's a great question because, you know, the word enablement, it's not even a word, right? But we've been using it in the marketplace for a long time. What, what I really do and I have done is empower salespeople, uh, not because uh, I teach them, but because I help create a systemized approach to giving them what they need to be successful. Right. So I blend content, process and technology to ultimately deliver what uh, back in the day, Gloria Gary, and I'll talk about her a little bit, termed up a, a, a performance support system. Right. Support system. So, okay, got it. Yeah. And, and one small point is that we systemize that, which is really important. And, and people confuse the idea that a system is just technology. It's not. Right. It is the content, it is the process, it requires people with a foundation of technology to make that work. And uh, Edward Deming said it best, uh, a bad system will always bring a good person down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well said. And you know, it's an interesting point you make, Mark, many of the people listening are in financial services. And if I can give you just a, a, an analog to what you've just described, in the same way that you've got content process and technology, Many people think of those as discrete things, meaning there's people who sell content, there's people who sell process and sales training, and there's people who sell technology, including companies like Allego. But this notion of recognizing that the, the technology is only useful to the extent you have a process and you've got content 
that people want to consume, use, et cetera. So, you know, this is, this is not dissimilar than in other businesses where people, uh, as an example for a financial advisor, if all they do is talk to you just about your investments and they don't know anything else about the holistic picture of what's important to you, they're really operating at a disadvantage. So I think this is going to be a great conversation when we get into the, the heart of the technology piece and in particular, how this sales enablement mindset has evolved to include content. So just to, to uh, roll back the tape here in the beginning, where'd you start your career? I know I mentioned Avatage. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about your journey and who influenced you? Yeah, um, it's funny you use the word tape because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is, is, is you know, I started uh, coming right out of school as someone who just loved media and it was, it was TV related. And uh, I, I got a job, not in television, because I couldn't afford to take the job. I got a job in corporate communications and training at Liberty Mutual. And mm -hmm. uh, as an institution, what I learned there, they were a great influence because they were a training-oriented company. Yes. They brought me in very green. And the influence was they gave me every tool and opportunity to really learn more, build my skill sets, become a leader. And, and ultimately, I left there uh, overseeing, you know, 70 people and, a, and a, you know, just to put a number on it, a, a $22 million operation. Wow. Um, I got my MBA while I was there. And, uh, you know, I, I started, uh, there's some push in between with some media companies. But the real thing that changed what I do and brought me to where I am today was starting Avatage. Uh, and working with uh, Bob Petrosi. Bob Petrosi was the CEO and primary trainer for uh, Sales Research Institute, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And uh, he just opened my eyes for many reasons because he changed my perception of what it meant to sell, okay? And, um, and really showed me that uh, selling is, is part art and part science. Sure. Selling is about trust, right? And putting people in the position of being consultative, not being the hammer looking for the nail. Yeah. Right. Um, and another person who influenced me through her writings, and I mentioned her, was Gloria Gary. And Gloria Gary was uh, a, a, a woman who, who wrote this book called Electronic Performance Support Systems. And it was at a time when we were looking, you know, roll the tape, right? looking at technology and saying, how do you leverage technology, okay, to create really community and deliver content, whether it's live or stored, for supporting people in their everyday jobs. And she did some very cutting edge stuff with IBM, uh, uh, Maytag Appliances, I think I got that right, may have been Westinghouse at the time, I don't remember. But her examples just completely sent me over the edge. And we brought that in and, and actually did some early on work, which we built these performance support systems with the tools we had at the time, right? We were still in the LAN and WAN days. There was yes. no internet. Yes. So uh, we were pushing things around. And I just got so excited because I saw the future. I saw the future. And I just had to do it. I, I had to take my television you know, uh, perceptions and my media perceptions, and then just keep pushing the envelope until uh, today, right? Today yeah. is how do we digitally transform to take advantage of everything that's that we've got at our disposal? So, 
So let's pivot to, to this idea of sales enablement, because now that I, I kind of have some of your background, um, I know you've been part of the helping to start the Sales Enablement Society. Um, how do you define sales enablement in 2021? <laughs> um, going off of the performance support system, how do you empower it? And, and enablement to me, um, and it may be a little colloquial, is to create a collaborative community mm -hmm. inside an organization to create a knowledge network, right? In other words, enablement is really a curation process, right? You're empowering those who need to participate. Yeah. You're guiding them and facilitating a process that you help them design. But once you get them going, it's fairly democratic. In other words, there's nobody centrally saying, do this, do that. When you reach nirvana, which is what we push for, we're facilitators. We yeah. become publishers of content. When I was doing this early, I used to say, You're, use an online publication like the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or the, 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 you know, whatever, Wired, right? There's editorial control, there's governance, and you decide where do we get the information? You have reporters, right? right? So right. you have reporters. Your SMEs are your reporters. Right. Your managers are, are the editors. Of, of that publication. So, so the model has always been, you know, knowledge management. How do you, how do you capture that knowledge and codify it, mm -hmm. right? Content management, now that you've got the stuff, how do you organize it and bubble it up appropriately? In other yeah. words, bring content to people, don't make them go look for it, Yeah. right? And how do you administer and manage the community? right? The governance to make it all flow. That to me is the enablement model I've been working with for over 10 years. Well, um, I'll tell you, I, I, I love that example. Um, I do have a question. When you think about someone who grew up, I'll call it in the, in the role of sales trainer at a yes, company. Yes. What is it that they need to expand or learn in the context of, I mean, I understood the piece around facilitation, I understand the piece around curation, but by and large, you know, if you think about in most big companies, if they have a sales trainer, so to speak, they're usually um, replicating some kind of a sales process that's been cobbled together or purchased somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's a, it's a different role to train someone in a sales process than what you just said. So, so what, has, what has to evolve for someone whose title was sales training or training, and now they want to be in sales enablement. Yeah, let it go. <laughs> let it go. So, and we have customers right now that can't let it go, right? Yeah. Sales training in many, many large organizations has been a centralized function, yes. right? With a formal process of we got to go interview people, we got to do research, we got to take time, right? And just to give you the, the, the quick advantage, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but if a company says, you know, in some ways it's good enough, right? right? It's agile, yeah. right? You've got to be agile. So it comes down to more to being a, that knowledge management. You don't have to go and make this big, fat, formal certification curriculum. Let it go. Right. Take the people who are requesting or are the rock stars or are the 
the, the experts. Because sales trainers, a lot of them that I meet are working with marketing to formalize a, a, a process or working with operations to formalize a process, right? You need to use those people themselves and become the curator. You're a curator. You're an expert in sales if you're a sales trainer. Right. And there's process and coaching, but you need to spread the wealth. They're not all coming to you. You're not in control. And learn to use the feedback loops to make sure that sales is engaging with what ultimately gets curated. That's really good, Mark, because I hadn't thought about the command and control element versus the more uh, entrepreneurial model of, uh, you know, we're, we're going to help create an environment to make it easy, as in the word facilitate, to make easy, right? Um, the, your ability to learn what you need to know when you need to know it. Uh, and while there may be some basic certifications that's required to, to know that you're proficient in uh, the 101 stuff, that at a certain point, this, this idea of letting people access what they need when they need it, I hadn't thought about that as part of the evolution because, of course, this, this word sales enablement really comes out of the tech side of the business, mm -hmm. which wasn't nearly as compliance and process oriented as, say, financial services or med device or some of the other areas that, that we're in. And I just want to share with you a, a metaphor that I use to say a very similar thing to what you just said is when I'm talking to people who have a more traditional sales role or a more traditional training role, I say to them, I want you to think of yourself more like Francis Ford Coppola, the director, as he was pulling the cast together for The Godfather. Coppola is not an actor. He's a no. director. Right. And in the same way, your job, in most cases, not all, so in some cases, of course, this is not true, but in many cases, if you have not actually been in the role of the people that you are training, why would you want to try to say, let me show you how to do it versus I've pulled together some of the best people on topic A, topic B, topic C. They're going to share what works and you're going to learn from them. That's an equally important role. It's just a different role than thinking you have to be both the director and the actor. Let me, let me add to that. And that's a great metaphor. Um, from a pedagogical perspective, right? What sales trainers ought to be focused on is making sure that sales leaders understand what sales needs. Yeah. In other words, often and 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 I love salespeople, right? They're the they're the they're the life of the company. Without sales, there's nothing, right? right. But often, you know, we're they're so focused on gaining the revenue into into the business, they're not looking at what it takes for a salesperson to be successful, right? Yeah. So from the standpoint of of somebody being onboarded and brought into the company for the first time is to identify and manage the requirements, right? And then you don't necessarily produce it. You're the director to your yeah. point. Yeah. So yeah. your expertise is, look, this is what you have to commit to Mr. Sales Executive and give me the leeway to go get all of this done because I'm going to need time from people. I'm going to need expertise and I'm going to need resources to make this happen. You know, I loved your phrase around the art and science of designing content experiences and, and processes. Let's just talk for a moment about um, how do organizations actually do that? How do they blend the art and science of, of what you've described? The, the science comes down to, uh, and I like to think of it 
as a uh, as a learning science, a pedagogical science, right? Um, in terms of enablement, and that has to do with how do you know that people are truly internalizing <laughs> what you want them to internalize, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of ways to do that, and 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 that science is hard, right? We we are we're using media in very passive ways, you know where the YouTube generations are here. Let me watch a video. Yep. Well, does a video convey what it needs to convey? Does it convey it in such a way that you know that the recipient has heard mm -hmm. what you said? Um, so what we're trying to show companies, at least our method, uh, and I'm not talking about the, the, the sales process selling, I'm really talking about enablement just to make that distinction, is that how do you build a system that provides building blocks and repeats and, and ensures competency? Yeah. That's the science, right? The art is how do you engage and make it fun and interesting, right? I love that. And, and let's, let's use that to connect to the idea of personalized content. So the question is, how important do you believe is the personalization of content for sales organizations? It's huge. We talk to customers about the seven facets of effective content. And if I can share those. Sure. Um, at the center, it must be engaging. If you don't engage, you're lost. And, and by the way, engagement is a huge problem in organizations today. Sure. One of the number one problems. But... Content needs to be personalized. It needs to be responsive, okay? It needs to be actionable and measurable and then gamified and collaborative. Mm -hmm. We talk about it all that time. Personalization is so important to target it to the circumstances or the role of the individual. And we're even experimenting uh, with the XAPI, okay, mm -hmm. to drive that further with artificial intelligence. It's really hard to do. It's not that easy to do. But what we're even seeing is not only from the standpoint of creating groups of people who have similar responsibilities and focus and driving content that way, but right down to the individual learning style, what they tend to like to see, right? right? What they prefer in terms of, do I like video? Do I like to read? right? Do I like it mobily? Do, all kinds of facets around it to, to have that so focused and personalized that we can guarantee the success of that individual. So, so let's talk about uh, something new that's coming out that I know you've, you've been exposed to now, and it's this whole thing called digital sales room. And given your, your experience in the content world, I have to tell you, Bob, for me, uh, I'm sorry, Mark, for me, what's been so interesting is the exposure and the reaction people have to, to being able to see content be presented in a neat, clean, uncluttered, highly curated format and personalized for them. Mm -hmm. What's your experience on that? Oh, I, 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 I'm completely enthusiastic and again, I'm going to I'm going to roll back the tape and, and say it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> the I mean. It, it's the equivalent of a landing page for a customer, 
right, right? with curated content. Um, when I uh, back when I was doing some work early on with the WebEx and some other other early uh, uh, web conferencing tools, yeah. we were developing sidebars where we would say, "Great, use this for selling, and here's your collection of material yes. that I pulled together just for you." Yes, and yeah. it lives beyond the call. Yes. Right. And, you, you know, you think about it, but even as technology evolves, one of our, our salespeople, I was on a call with her and she pulled together this fantastic uh, DSR, as we call it. And I said to her on the call, because I didn't know, she put maybe 10 pieces of content. There was the agenda and there was kind of the background. And then here's things we think you'd be interested in. And oh, by the way, this is sort of bonus material. And the, the, the prospect was blown away. And she said, I literally did this in six minutes. Yes. And if you think about what it took in the past to build a microsite and then upload the content to a microsite and then, and then to have analytics, right, to, to know who's looking at it and then even be able to collaborate two-way, I mean, you just couldn't do that not long well, ago. You, you couldn't. You couldn't. And think of how much power that has because how many times are we selling to a champion but not the buyer, yes. right? And that, that, and that champion now has a collection of things that can speak on the seller's behalf Right. where that champion doesn't necessarily say it the right way or can't present it in the same way. It is huge. It's, it's rock star in a box is what it is. I like that, Mark. I'm <laughs> going to, I'm going to steal that if you don't mind, because You're welcome to it. You're welcome. It's, it's funny you say that because on this very uh, DSR that I was just describing, one of the videos was a person that the prospect knew who's affiliated with our company who couldn't join us on the call but he had done a 90 second video. So as soon as they saw his face on it, you know, that was one of the first ones that they wanted to go click. So he couldn't be there. He was there virtually, but, but they, they, he had shown them the respect of calling it out. And, and, you know, he did a 90 second video that she uploaded as part of her stuff. So it's just amazing. After you experience that, it's tough to go back to. It just, really is. It really yeah. is. And, and, and I, you know, I'm looking at all the activities that are happening around us and the way that virtual selling is is really evolving yeah um and i don't know how else you can do it i mean think of the power of a digital sales room in combination with something like linkedin yes. thanks for connecting take a look at this collection yes right yes. i mean holy cow right, right. we're going to get buyers we don't have to sell we're going to look the process that i see sorry you're getting me excited here the process that i see <laughs> is that we're no longer selling, we're just finding people who want what we have. Can you describe a personal pivot point or, or a moment of learning that has changed your approach to running your business? I think what, what happened, my pivot point really came after a lot of experience with some very large organizations to know that the hardest thing for a company is change. Yes. I really learned and honed what I would call my change management skills mm. and worked with a lot of executives and talked to a lot of executives about how to affect something in an organization, you need to be a leader. Right. And I've seen a lot of initiatives when you go into an organization just fail due to a lack of leadership. You know, it's the, it's the we'll build it and they will come. It doesn't happen. Based on your experience, what is the difference between partnerships that are successful and, and as an example, partnerships between 
uh, companies like yours and technology providers like ours and those who aren't? That's a, that's a really great question. And to me, um, there's, there's, there's two factors. One, the first factor is to appreciate what the partner does in the partnership, yeah. right? Um, I used to build platforms. I don't do that anymore, <laughs> right? I completely focus on the fact that we are a service organization, right? Yeah. And, and, and have it be mutually um, appreciated. You know, a good partnership comes from the one in one equals three. Right. Right. And then let each partner do what they do best. Right. And not try to commingle it into this single thing, but find the right places where that one in one equals three really works. Right. And that probably sounds a lot easier than reality. <laughs> yeah. Because it's difficult. It's difficult. So let me, let me end on that same learning thought that you just mentioned and, and ask you, based on your experience, what do you think is the most important skill that people should learn or improve today? Communications. Um, organizations today lose about $28,000 annually per employee of lost productivity due to poor communications. That's on selling and that's internal as well. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. And, and everything we do in this knowledge economy, we're in a knowledge economy, right? We're in a service economy. If we don't communicate efficiently and effectively, it, what does it do? It, it's, it's lost productivity. It's lost opportunity, right? Think I, I can think so many times, particularly for salespeople, how many opportunities have been lost because they haven't been able to communicate their value effectively to the customer. Yeah, it's funny. That's exactly where my brain was going. When I think, Mark, of the difference, uh, the, the different examples of what you just described, we've had many, many times where we had a senior leader and we asked them, how comfortable are you that if you listen to 10 sales calls of 10 of your salespeople, that the way that they delivered your value proposition it would be consistent with what you expected. And, you know, there was a lot of finger crossing, geez, I, I really hope. And then the power of this technology without throwing anyone under the bus, but to surface up, like this is what's happening mm -hmm. and, and deal with the reality of it. And mm -hmm. then be able to say, and here's some examples of people who are really doing an outstanding job at it. And now here, here's how we can replicate that. So you think about your word communication, not just in the value proposition, but in everything in terms of the management of a, of a Zoom call and a virtual meeting, right? The, the way that they communicate it with a follow-up email or video at yes. every step of the process, it is a, an element of communication. Yeah, we, uh, we use a metaphor, we call it the set strategy. You've gotta be able to communicate to sell, explain and train. Sell and, and, and it's, train. Yeah, it's a very broad thing and, and you know, uh, going back to your question about sales trainers, that's their job. Make people more effective communicators. Give them what they need and not coddle them, but coach them uh, to get there. That's really what you're doing. I think that's a great point for us to wrap. 
if people want to learn more about the enablement group, Mark, or, or they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can certainly go to our website, but I'd encourage people to uh, click on my Calendly link uh, and set up a time. My calendar is open to anybody who'd like to talk to me, and not because I want to convince you to do business with me. I just like hearing from people, you know, tell me what you're facing and I'll I'll share anything. I'm an open book. You know, here's an idea. Try that. You know, I'm always open to conversations and just connecting with people. And you can find me on LinkedIn, too. It's easy to find me there uh, under the enablement group or, or just my name. Um, and uh, perhaps we can just give them my my calendar link, my phone number and www.enabletheteam.com. Enabletheteam.com. You got it. Well, we uh, we absolutely, um, I think as people hear this, what they're going to recognize is that, and I, I noticed it when we first spoke, that you have an almost encyclopedic perspective on this whole industry, and really that there's a lot of people who are, who are relatively new, and I know there's even a lot of uh, people who are customers of Lego who they've just kind of transitioned into this role, so being able to learn from someone who's kind of seen the whole evolution of it and has a pretty good idea about where it's heading I think can provide a lot of value. I'd love to talk to them. Terrific. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being on the podcast and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. You've been listening to The Adapter's Advantage, a podcast from Alego. Stay connected by subscribing to the show at alego.com forward slash podcast, leaving us a rating and comment and sharing episodes you love. That helps us bring you more conversations about breakthrough moments that lead to success. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember that one new idea can change your life.